0: Ronananian. Anian I started it the other day and it's got this noise in the engine and I just want you to check it out because I know you'll you'll give me the straight answer which I don't understand the logic of this where I wouldn't give him straight answers before but now that I'm about to give him the death sentence now it's okay now I can tell him it's a piece of junk
1: everyone, but you stay so Car Doctor. I finally went out and got myself a scanner of some sort. It gave me live stream data. It gave me fault codes. It gave me Mode 6. And I said, oh, it's cylinder 4. Moved the Smithsmeyer the moved to the cylinder I swapped the coil on. And I said, well, I know it's the coil. Look at you I, fixing cars. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone
0: and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9900 and now! What's happening, hot stuff? Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome, Ronnie Naney, the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here's the second hour of Car Doctor in this week. Um, Isn't this exciting to be here in this nice, warm, hot day? It is hot out there. And by the way, Mark on Facebook reminds me to tell everybody that a clean engine runs cooler. And uh, he's got a good point. So if your engine is laboring under a pile of grease and oil and... You know, it's a good time to fix those seals and leaky gaskets and, uh, you know, make, a, make an older engine run cooler and last longer and uh, do a little bit of maintenance to it, as well as just clean, clean it or keep it clean in general. Um, always a good idea. And, you know, we should point out, and I, I, if you don't know this by now, let's, let's just reference it one time, in that, you know, you're driving along the road and the engine overheats and there's steam coming out from under the hood. Don't open the hood. You already know it's overheated. You already know it's broken. All right? Don't be stupid. Okay? Give it a half hour. Give it 45 minutes. All right? Because trust me, and this is, you know, for those of you that have the ego, I can fix anything. Don't lift the hood because you're going to lift the hood thinking you can fix anything, and the hose is going to explode in your face and give you a third-degree burn. So just let the car sit there. Sit in the car. Put the windows down if you can. And um, call for roadside, call AAA, call roadside service, whatever you got to do. But please, don't open the hood. Uh, th- this is nothing to fool around with. It's boiling hot in most parts of the country today and uh, for the next couple of days from what I hear. And, uh, you know, let's be safe. Common sense. Let's show the world we got some smarts, A, eh? which might be a trick unto itself. So, um, you know, I still think the gene pool is contaminated, but that's another story. Let's, uh, let's get on over. I was going to talk a little bit about this this Camry. That um, I, I fixed this week Which is a great story But you know Frank's been waiting there A good long time Frank in New Mexico Hey Frank How hot is it in New Mexico today? I can't wait to hear this 72 oh, degrees Oh it's going
1: to be Another 100 It's been for the last Three days Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you see now, Hot you, and dry Yeah right See you've but, got, uh, you
0: got You've got hot and dry I just walked down The end of the driveway To get the mail here At the studio Which is about uh, Seven steps And it felt like 70 I was soaking wet By the time I got back It's probably <laughs> 95% humidity The next step here In the northeast is it's either this or rain i you know it's, there's there's no difference so uh, uh, you know it's it's just it's just hot and miserable out how can i help you today kiddo
1: oh simple question my old tank my 86 olds cutlass supreme you know 5.0 does that thing have an actual mass airflow sensor i can't find it this is anywhere a, in the intake this this is a real like, dr-
0: this is a rear-wheel drive yes sir
1: rear-wheel drive five liter v8.
0: F- five liter v8 carbureted right yes sir yeah the only way this has a mass airflow sensor is if someone dropped one in the trunk but there isn't one on yeah. the engine yeah um no yeah, i've been so.
1: looking for it can't find it nope, nope factory manual doesn't even refer to it and no. i was just curious okay and, i guess and, it doesn't have one anymore.
0: some of the confusion well you can keep looking for it but it won't be there you know some of the confusion comes about because in 86 they made a rear-wheel drive cutlass and a front-wheel drive cutlass and on the front-wheel drive cutlass there was a mass airflow sensor
1: that was a smaller engine though wasn't right
0: it? that was the 3.8. correct um, that was also the ones with the uh, uh, PCMs that would have uh, cold solder board problems. 7727, 7728, 7729, and 7730. I remember those. The last four digits of the PCM. They would have uh, cold solder joint problems. The cars wouldn't run right when they were cold, and you could diagnose it by simply pulling it down behind the kick panel and flat palming it, and the car would stall, and you'd go, "That, that's bad." Cars have changed a little bit in the last 35 years. So, but, yes, sir. Yeah, no. okay, well, no, no, I, I,
1: I, was just stumped.
0: Yeah, no, not there. So, but you keep looking for it if you want, Frank. I, you know, it's, No, no, no. It's, I, one other question, yeah. I've been,
1: uh, as far as at the base of the carburetor, the little uh, vacuum outlets or inlets, Okay. I need to uh, split one off to go over to the MAP sensor. And I, I, I did one, I did it using an... Uh, you Know a little T, right? Called up a couple of weird codes, and I thought, okay, maybe the map sensor is bad. Okay, I got the part, haven't changed it yet. But as far as splitting into T's and down there with a the vacuum, should I match size per size? It would be nice if you could, but but why are you changing the vacuum
0: line to the map sensor?
1: Uh, no, I was just trying to find a way to. Tie it in correctly to the vacuum at the base of the carburetor. Well, I well, wanted to ha- see uh, emissions failure indicated, MAP sensor failure, so but, found well, that it wasn't even connected. Well, okay.
0: right. So, but my question is, why are you as having to, sp- vacuum?
1: I mean, the electrical was well, connected.
0: Yeah, but why are you splitting anything? Why? What happened to the original vacuum line?
1: You mean at the base of the carb or from the MAP sensor?
0: From the MAP sensor itself.
1: It's still there. Okay. I wh- still have the line there. I'm just trying to figure out the best way to tie in at the base of the carb to get the correct vacuum. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. I was trying to match size per size, but I wasn't sure. I couldn't find the old T. So well. Make something up on my own, you know. And right. I don't but, think I've but, done it right.
0: But, but that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm asking. What happened to the factory routing of the vacuum line? Of the map line? Where did that go?
1: I don't know. I don't know. What? I've had this car, we've had the car since new. I just noticed after we, you know, a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago, we had to change the car out and got an exact replacement. It's just like the one that came out of the car. But the routing, as far as I know, when I got it back from the uh, mechanic, the MAP MAP sensor line was just wrapped around the MAP sensor there, and it wasn't hooked up at the base of the car. So I figured the guy lost the T's or something. So I was just figuring out how to tie back in properly.
0: So, in other words, they gave you the wrong carburetor.
1: No, no, no the carburetor is correct. It's exact. Well, and, but, and the but it can't be exact if
0: the fitting for the map sensor is not there.
1: Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, but 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 the little outlets or inlets at the base of the carb are exactly like the one. The original I took out because I took pictures of the old one, and those little pipes that come out they're exactly the same as on the new one as on the old one. The carb is exact right. I, I, I was but,
0: just... but my but my point is my point is the factory vacuum line has to it has to go somewhere. So if it did it go to the
1: base of the carburetor or did it go to Yes yeah, even the even the diagram on the underside of the hood shows it going to the base of the carb. Okay. So but somehow the correct little key got lost. And I and I rigged one up but okay. I maybe I'm not doing this right. I need to match size per size. Well I don't know that you well, need to match one. size per size,
0: but it will need a vacuum line. Last question. The the connector at the map sensor is green, correct?
1: Uh yeah, I believe so. It's yeah, three, okay. little, three little terminals,
0: right? And it's got a green. It's got a solid green connector. Yes,
1: sir. Right.
0: Okay. Then yeah, that's you're on the map sensor. But where that, uh, you know, where that, where that vacuum fitting went, although I can think of a few places it went, it probably disappeared into the twilight zone or something. Um, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 funny. And there it is. See now, Frank. If, if you jump into this music, maybe you'll find your vacuum, tea, brother. Um, uh, but okay. listen, try, try and match where it goes exact. Don't just assume, uh, especially if it's an all-original car. Uh, perhaps if you find where it originally went, then you'll know.
1: You know, you, Did you get rid of the old carburetor, by the way? Uh, yes, after I took extensive pictures. And the line, the line currently goes right. It, it reaches perfectly to the T I was trying to hook into. As far as lengthwise, okay. right, it's the owl. It's the vacuum on the at the base of the carb on the passenger side.
0: Just remember, you want to have manifold vacuum. This is this should be full vacuum at idle. Uh, if you're on the correct vacuum line, a map sensor needs manifold absolute pressure. Manifold, that's why it's a map sensor. Uh, you want yeah. manifold vacuum going up to that sensor. All right, but get yourself a diagram, Frank. See where it goes. Maybe you can dig up some pictures. I'll look around the shop. If I come up with something, I think I've got your email somewhere. I'll shoot it out to you, but uh, just make sure how you hook that up. Um, maybe reference some of your older pictures. Maybe you'll find it that way. But by all means, it's got to go to the right spot. Size isn't that important, but it would it would it, a little bit of a degree. But uh, more important, that it goes to a manifold source, not ported vacuum, which is entirely different. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, coming back right after this.
2: Hey, you'll have fun, fun, fun,
3: What's more fun than listening to Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and getting that car fixed right? 855-560-9900. Give Ron a call.
0: Now, back to Ron. Let's head over to Brian and the the land of cheesesteaks, Philadelphia. (sighs) I could go for a good Philly cheesesteak right about now. It's uh, the home inning stretch. Brian, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help?
3: You're making me very hungry when you talk about cheesesteaks. You know, I'll tell you, it's. I had it. Yeah, geez. You know,
0: and you can look at every different part of the country, and every part of the country just makes something so good. It's just, you know. Um,
3: I love well, whenever, whenever somebody comes in, I know that's the first thing they want, so I gotta you know I right. gotta make sure I hook them up and you know get them a cheesesteak right. and I, I eat about uh, I eat about one a month that's about it because yeah. they're too addictive yeah, so. they,
0: I, I, yeah but you know, it's, it's a good addiction so it's um, it, you know if someone really wants to impress me with technology, I think they should invent the pill that you can eat as much as you want and never gain any weight now we're talking uh, because there's a lot of things, there's a yeah. lot of things I'd like to do. How can I help you today, Brian?
3: So here's the thing. I have a 2017 Ford Fusion. Right. Um, I follow the manual, you know, the, the maintenance guide pretty much to a T. Now, with oil changes, it gives you the interval. You know, it it ranges from like 3750 to 7500, depending on your driving. But also, there's an oil life monitor giving you certain percentages of oil life. And I've never really gone by that because I don't know if I can really trust it because I've always gone by miles. Right. But I know this thing is there. And I wanted to get your opinion about using that and the accuracy of the oil life um percentage monitor.
0: I'm I'm not an oil life monitor guy. I you know, it's it's a guideline to me. To me it's not it's it's not necessarily something I want to rely on. I still think common sense prevails. Uh, you know, how many miles do you drive in a year?
3: About 15,000.
0: Okay. And and what engine is this? The 2 liter? Uh
3: 27. 225. I'm sorry, 25. 25.
0: 2.5. Okay. Two um, so you're doing 15,000 miles a year. How many oil changes are you doing a year right now?
3: Well, let me see. I, I change about five, around 5,000, around 5,300. Yeah. Uh, so it's about maybe three a year, I would imagine. So if I did my math correctly.
0: Here's here's the other end of that question, right? How often do you want to buy a new car?
3: Oh, I, I keep the car. Um, I keep it as long as it's mechanically viable. Okay. Um, I keep them as long as possible. I so, uh, I, I usually keep a car till. Um, Usually well after I usually keep it, you know, at least to 100,000 miles. Okay. I, I and think it's paid off, so I don't like car payments. I like to maintain a car well and keep it going as long right. as possible. Then I think
0: what you're doing is absolutely correct. I think the car that yeah, I think the car that gets you know, if, if we think about it, so they'll probably tell you to change the oil every seven to eight thousand miles. So now you'll do it twice a year. Far. Yeah, you'll but so you would end up doing it twice a year instead of three times a year. Okay?
3: Yeah.
0: A couple of problems. Well, a couple of problems with that, right? So it's okay right. now while the car is young. Listen, when you were a teenager, right, you could you could go out and howl at the moon all night, 17, 18, 19, 20. I bet you, yes. I, I bet you can't do that now, right? Um, not
2: at 52, no. Not at
0: 52. <laughs> too many too many cheesesteaks and too much else going on, right? So...
2: Oh, you, yeah. You know, that, that adds you, up. <laughs> yeah,
0: you tend to take a little better care of yourself. Car's no different, brother. All right? And as that car ages... You know, it's 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 just a matter of watching it age, and and the money you spend is an extra oil change a year, so you don't go to Starbucks three times in a month, and you're you're even, all right. So you don't have to buy your eight dollar cup of coffee and whatever else you get when you go there, uh, you know. And and that's that's kind of how I see it. I I think an oil change is so much more than an oil change if it's done properly it 's a road test and it's,
3: it's a- not that expensive I no. mean I have a guy who does it for like twenty five bucks so it's it's not even about the money because this guy I, i've uh, he's an oil place uh, he's a private guy i've known him for twenty seven years and um you know I go to him it's not that expensive and I used to do it myself now it's pretty much uh the newer cars are harder to work on. My old V8s, I used to just slide under and easily change the oil. Well, too many Philly cheesesteaks, uh, now you
0: can't slide under. Um,
3: oh, no, I can fit. <laughs> can you can, well, No, you. no, I'm in me... half is in shape. It's just the, the older cars, it seemed to be there's a lot more room to work. L- know, let me, let me ask you this question, now,
0: Brian, let me ask you this question, though. How can he do an oil change? Let's talk about this for a second. For $25... Uh-huh. All right, and still afford to be there is is he related is he is he is he a relative or this is a business?
3: no, this is a business he charges twenty eight for the basic and if you want the works, I think it's if you want him to check everything I think it's twenty eight I usually do that, but he actually lowered his price his price was like five dollars more each, and he said he got a better deal on bulk oil, so he gave the customers he, he gave the savings to the customers and uh I, I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he makes a profit, I but know, he's been I don't there. I,
0: I hate to tell you how I think he's making a profit, but I would question it. Um, <laughs> you know, is, is he using like, the like right oil? I've Island? known
3: him for I've known him for like close to thirty years. Yeah. I don't know what you know as a bit, uh, and. Um, uh, you know, like I said, he does a great business, you know, because uh, you know, most places are charging 40 45 I believe, for um, an oil change.
0: Well, maybe things are different in Philadelphia. I can tell you um, two bills I saw recently, one from Mawa, New Jersey, and one from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh 17 Ford Escape and a, and a 14 Ford Escape. The oil changes at the dealer were $98 a piece and $103 a piece.
3: Um, oh, my God. I know. Well, the dealers charge more. I know they have a higher labor cost. But um, my dealer, actually, the last car I bought, I had free oil changes for life in, the, in my previous car. Well,
0: that's because you paid for it and, in the price um, of the car.
3: Yeah, it was. Right. Pretty, they charge yeah. you for the filter, so they charge you like six right. bucks for an oil change. But they would try to sell you other things. Well, but, of course, you know, that's I would because pay for a rotation, but still, it kept you in, and you know, it's still, it's still a good incentive. And ah. you know, like I said, my father taught me when I was a kid. He says, you will, you know, you you do your maintenance because if you don't, it's going to cost you.
0: Well, I agree with that. But let me ask you this question, and I'm going to let you go because we're running we're out of time. It's only sure. a, only got thirty minutes left. Um, what brand of oil is he using?
3: Um, it's. I know it's a synthetic blend, but I don't know the brand. I think okay. it's. Um, it may. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh, well, I don't I, know. You know what? I just know he uses a synthetic blend. I've never actually asked him what right. brand.
0: Right. And and so let me let me say this. Okay, just let me say this and and just noodle this. All right. A synthetic blend is a blend. Synthetic is a more superior oil. The cost of oil at a at a at a thirty dollar oil change with a synthetic blend. I don't see how he's making any money. I don't see how he can afford to be there unless he owns the building and he's got an inheritance he's sitting on he's collecting interest on T-Bills. It doesn't make any sense. But I would look very carefully at the brand of oil, the type of oil, the viscosity of oil, and what filter, and go from there. I'm on an Amy The Car Doctor. We're back right after this. We're back, Ron and the car doctor. Let's get on over and talk to Marty in New Orleans. Marty, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help?
2: Hi, Ron. Um, my O one one Sportage uh, has a uh, 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 check engine light, which has come on, and it's a P0171 code that okay. I got from the scan. And uh, recently, I, last week, I cleaned the mass airflow sensor to see if it would help. Now, I understand that the light goes off after 50 miles is what I've heard, but um, the light's still on, and um, you know, I thought I'd ask you about it.
0: Okay. Do, what makes you think it's the mass airflow sensor, Marty? Just well, I've honestly. been wanting
2: to do it anyway. I, it, was, it was a bunch of dirt up in there, but
0: okay.
2: um, um, I, don't really, I wasn't really expecting miracles right. with that.
0: Right. Um, okay, so, so it was a shot in the dark is what you're telling me.
2: Well, it's and, something that I did, you know. Um, that and it's was, okay if it
0: was. I just, you know, what, what led you to it is what my is is what my question is, you know. And, and
2: well, I've been thinking about it, and now that this came up with the lean uh, situation, I, I just, mm-hmm. it, it, it inspired me to go ahead and do it anyway. Okay. But, uh, okay. So, first of all, um, uh, I, understand that it,
0: uh, huh? I was going to say, first of all, I just want to point out that you're driving a 2001 Kia, right? That's right. That's what this is? Congratulations! You, you, you know this 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 car probably went the equivalent of to the moon and back. So, Wait, here uh, comes the
3: IKEA. Yeah. What's Wait.
0: a IKEA? IKEA. Marty, did I ever tell you that I work with children? Um, it, just, <laughs> it, it just it just it just kind of happens. It's just it's what I have to put up with. And I can still I fix see. cars. I mean, that's the amazing part. So it's uh, it's like working with the it's like working with the 13th grade over here sometimes. But uh, that yeah. was the IKEA. Yeah, it happens. So it happens. Um, right. do you have access to a scan tool by chance? Uh, not, okay. No, I don't. Okay. What these do, all right, P0171 is a lean fuel condition. All right. Okay. So, um, let me see, how are we going to explain what a lean fuel condition is? What do you do for a living, Marty?
2: Well, um, I do, uh, m- maintenance work pretty much.
0: Okay. Um, like what machinery and stuff? Uh, I'm just yeah, trying to
2: think various um, things, electronics, and you know machines, okay. all, all kind of different things. All right.
0: I mean, so you're you're technical. All right, I get it. So yeah. so zero is a balanced fuel mixture. All right. Remember? remember right. Do you remember high school geometry? Did you take geometry in high school? Remember, uh-huh. remember? when they taught you the positive and the negative numbers on that on that number line, and you said, "What do I need this for?" And, yes. And you didn't know. Well, here's what you need it for. So zero is a balanced fuel mixture. If, uh-huh. if we add a positive number to the number line, we're adding fuel to the base fuel trim of the engine. All right. Okay. So we're adding fuel above and beyond what the computer's programming normally calls for to compensate for something, either um. a condition that the engine is momentarily uh, having occur to it, or a long-term condition like there's a fault somewhere, an out of range or an out of bounds mass airflow sensor. All right. If there's a, if there's an if fuel trim is starting to go negative meaning it's, it's, it's below zero, we're pulling fuel away from the base fuel trim number because the engine is running richer than the computer expects it. And it's monitoring all this by looking at feedback from the O2 sensors and the air-fuel ratio sensors, depending upon what everybody's car is equipped with. In your case... It's adding fuel. If we were to look at this with a scan tool, we would typically see a long and a short-term fuel trim number. Uh, You know, long-term is what happened over time. Short-term is what's happening now. So short-term would be lunch today. Long-term would be lunch yesterday and the day before that and the day before that and so on. Long-term is accumulative. Okay? It adds up over time. When Mm -hmm. And this is true in in, in 95% of the cars out there when the fuel trim number exceeds 25% of base fuel so if zero, zero, and we're plus or minus 5 6% 7% that's okay we get the we get the plus 25% bang yeah. we get a P0171 we set a fault code so you know knowing that is with a scan tool would help all right uh-huh. looking at it on a scan tool would also help because in looking at short term fuel trim is short-term fuel trim out of bounds at idle, but it gets better off idle? Or is it the other way around? And mm-hmm. and, and that tells me something, because if, if short-term fuel trim is bad at idle, I very likely have a vacuum leak, all right? right? Off idle, the computer can compensate for that, and it'll hide it up to a degree. So keeping that in mind, what goes bad on the is – don't you guys do that again – <laughs> I have to warn them right what what mm. what what goes bad on the key is, is I want you to look around the back of the intake manifold or on the side of the intake manifold I just remember you know two thousand one wasn't exactly yesterday but right. there there is a manifold vacuum cap that rots and gets porous Ooh. okay and it mm-hmm. will it will cause a vacuum leak that's hard to detect
2: yeah. and
0: and create this exact condition All wow. Right? So, you know, here's a case where, you know, if you want to do something, spend 150 bucks, go buy a scan tool and learn how to refuel trim because you're a technical guy and you'd really enjoy it. You would love to see the effects of it, all right? Uh, but I think what you're going to find with this is you're going to find a leaking vacuum cap or a cracked vacuum line around the back of the intake and yeah. look, look at them carefully. You know, the other thing you could try, all right, is you know that that those blue bottles of propane the hardware store always has? right okay. Well, you can make yourself a propane enrichment kit. I don't know how deep into cars you want to get. I can take you as far as you want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a company out there, OTC, they sell something called a propane enrichment tool. It's under 75 bucks if I remember right if you Google it or Amazon it propane enrichment tool. It's a controlled uh-huh. it's a controlled metered orifice that you can screw onto a propane bottle all right, with a rubber hose on it. We actually used it for idle uh, carburetor mixture adjustments on Chrysler Leanburn back in 1976, which was, you know, a while ago. And w- what I do is to pinpoint or increase the pinpoint accuracy is I'll take a short piece of steel brake line, beat the end closed or just about closed. I peen it to a pinpoint. And now I've got a very accurate, very pinpoint way of shooting propane at various places. Mm-hmm. Now, if I was looking on a scan tool, I'd either look at O2 sensor voltage or I'd look at short-term fuel trim, but if I'm doing it without a scan tool, if I haven't convinced you to buy one yet, now I'm going to just kind of sniff around. I'm not going to spray it wildly. Uh, think, think of spitting into, yeah. v- into various places around the engine. See if the RPM changes. You know, mm-hmm. kind of waft it around the room a little bit, of the engine bay, and see if the engine mm-hmm. picks it up and okay. if, it, if, if it changes the way it runs. And if it mm-hmm. does, you're closing in on a vacuum line. Unfortunately, without a scan tool and the ability to measure the other side of seeing the result, you're, you're, you're kind of looking for a downed pilot in the ocean at night with a helicopter and no flashlight. It's, okay, I understand. It's, 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 it's just a little difficult. But it's easy to do if you want to buy some tools and, and you know... And then you can, you know, in another five years, you can register that car as a classic and come to hot rod cruises and stuff. <laughs> um, you know, it'll be a classic yeah. Kia. So yeah, I'm
2: sure do that. You know. Okay, so, that's been, uh, interesting to work on. All right. you "Have you ever been to the Pine Barrens? What do people think about the Jersey Devil up there?"
0: Well, I I think it's kind of a real thing. I uh, I've been through the Pine mm-hmm. Barrens. It's 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 a weird place, dude. Um, wow. It's 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 definitely one of those things. At two o'clock in the morning, you don't want to be there. So, uh, but yeah, I get it. Do they have something like Did they have something like that down Louisiana Way? Well, I'm sure the swamps do. Yeah. I don't look there either. Yeah, well, there you go. So maybe that's the way God intended it. You stay on your side of the line, and I'll stay on mine and just leave me alone. So, But um, anyway, Marty, I appreciate the call, and I hope that helps. Oh, of course. It helped a lot, Ron. And thank you so much. You're very welcome, sir. You have a good rest of the day. 855-560-9900. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor, Mikey, Tom, and the Jersey Devil. We'll be back right after this.
2: Me fire, me
0: Welcome back. We're on the name of The Car Doctor. I'm feeling hot, hot, hot today. Tom, what is it with the bumper music today? Everything is hot. We know it's hot out, Tom. Um, why don't we get something, like, cool? Can we get, like, some Dairy Queen music? Okay. Next week, we'll do Christmas in July just to make you happy. We Actually, that would be... Uh, I'd rather have the IKEA. here. Um, can we go over and talk to... Can we? No, Mikey, get your hands off that button. Let's go over and talk to Patrick in Gainesville, Florida. Patrick, help me. How can I help you today? What's going on? Hey, Ron, uh, I've got a, a
4: 2010 F-150 5.4 flex engine. Right. It's manufactured 1010. Uh, they all, for some reason, my parts never come in right, so I have to tell them it was manufactured 1010. Okay, I've got 170,000 miles on it. Uh, I've had it for, you know, like, uh, I had it with 10 miles on it, and now it's got 170. It's been a great truck. But my problem is I'm getting a P0345 right. on my scan tool, and it says the uh, Sensor A Bank 2. What I did was I went ahead and replaced both of them because I said, I'm not going to take a chance. I'll just go ahead and replace both of them and crank the truck back up, and it still sounds – when I crank it up, it sounds like a diesel.
0: Right, because I mean, it crank. Uh-huh. It's like it's like timing is late, right? It sounds like it's or it sounds like it's you put low grade gas and it's knocking going uphill. It, it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um.
4: But uh I, I put two new ones in there. They only had one like high dollar one and then they had a mid dollar one and so i just went ahead and got you know the one put it in and put the other one on the other side and so i pulled them back off because it was doing it again so i pulled it off and i i uh metered it and they both were you know both were working that i could tell and then i did what you say i went and started uh moving the wires around and then i started looking for uh, uh air leaks and uh it and it just doesn't do it all the time. It just does it a little bit, and then all of a sudden, boom, it does it again, and then it doesn't do it. I went all the way down to Orlando and came back, and it didn't do anything. And then when I stopped, it did it again. Right. So, I, I, And then I, I thought maybe – I started kind of looking at it, and I said, well, somebody told me what well, might be a camshaft phaser. Right. But then I looked – yeah, I looked up that, and that sounds more like a ticking.
0: Uh, not like what well, I, just so so let's talk about bicycles, right? You've seen okay. a bicycle, um, right? big sprocket yeah, yeah. big big sprocket, little sprocket. Okay. Yeah. And for years, bicycles were all the same: big sprocket, little sprocket, big sprocket, little sprocket. The pedals were always in the same position, right? Everything was relative to itself. And right. you know, if you put a red dot on the uh, big sprocket and a red dot on the little sprocket, you know, and they lined up, that they, they would line up again, right? Because they they went around at the same rate and speed, and all things considered, you, your timing marks always lined up, right? Well right. now the bicycle manufacturer invented this new thing and they call it a phaser, and what they do is while you're pushing the pedal around, they allow the they allow the big sprocket to advance and come around the top sooner than it did before, so it gives you a little extra burst of power, right?
4: Oh, okay. So yeah. that's
0: that's sort of how a cam phaser works, if you want to think of it in that sense. So the okay. reason the reason you're getting this fault code is, and, again, a computer is only as smart as it's programming. It's interpreting that it's expecting to see top dead center and doesn't, all right? Uh-huh. Or it's expecting to see cam retard. Whatever position it's expecting, it doesn't see. So now it says, hey, there's a fault with the sensor. It can't okay. physically check to see, do I have an actuator that's stuck? Or, I'm sorry, a phaser that's stuck? Or do I have a timing chain that's got a little bit of stretch in it at 170,000 uh-huh. miles? So, yeah. you know, it starts throwing sensor faults when in reality, it's probably more mechanical. All right? Okay. From, from, right. from my seat here, the majority of the time I find this to be chains. Uh-huh. And, and and the the cam phaser the the piece on the sprocket that advances the right. timing and and you know okay. changes how it comes up to top now you could okay. go through, you could go through the pain of pulling the front timing covers off and you know lining up your marks and 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 and, and but you, you know only do that if your intention is to do the chains so or or or
4: just throw the truck out because I have no idea how to do that. Right, So I'm right. not going to do that. Or, yeah. <laughs>
0: or you're gonna or uh-huh. you're gonna bite the bullet and you're gonna go talk to your local dealer or a repair shop, sure. and say, sure. hey, listen, this is where I think we're going, and this would be a good uh-huh. example of you know trying to get somebody's expertise out of them and see what can they do. Um, where do you think this is going to be? I can tell you from what I'm hearing, right. New Jersey dollars, New Jersey yeah. dollars. I think that repair is somewhere around four grand. By the time you do okay. chains, actuators, phasers, um, a couple of gaskets, some seals, and, and and so on, the the one thing you right. want to think about is in Florida. I bet you there's not a lot of rust on this truck. What kind of right. shape is the rest of the truck in? Does right. it does it pay? And I'm saying this, you know, they got to go out, be a little Columbo here. You got to go out and you know, does it pay to just dump a motor in it? And right. if, if if a motor's because here's the bottom line, and then I'm going to run. If a motor no is problem. if a motor is six grand. And a new truck is forty, <laughs> okay. And you really need a pickup truck for whatever you're doing to get by in life or to run your business. Guess what? Six grand's cheaper than forty. Six grand's cheaper than fifty. It's it it's you know. And then it becomes an accountant question: Can you afford it? Do you need it? Can you write it off? Is it a legitimate business expense? And all those things you got to go and research in Colombo. But up to that point. You know, I, I would stop worrying about sensors. I think you got chain issues, and you got to dig a little deeper in that direction. Appreciate the call, Patrick. Good luck to you, and uh, let, let us know what happens. I'm Ron Aning, the car doctor. We'll be back right after this.
2: A child in the city.
0: Welcome back. We're on the end of the Car Doctor. Wow, quick two hours today. Quick hour for sure this past hour. More information about this radio show at cardoctorshow.com. Keep in mind, if you're new to us, uh, such as the folks down there, WNIS Norfolk, Virginia, we uh, thank you for carrying the show and uh, thanks for being part of the Car Doctor family. Welcome aboard. You can uh, call 855-560-9900. 855-560-9900. Now, when the show is over, even leave a message. Executive producer Tom Ray will call you back and get you in the queue for the next live broadcast. We are live on the the network Saturday afternoons two to four p.m. East Coast time, and uh, you can call us wherever you are, whether you're podcasting or listening in an affiliate market that doesn't uh, take the show live. You can uh, call live and uh, during live show hours, Saturdays two to four, and uh, we'll talk to you about your car. It's that simple. It's uh, we got you know we got no bones to pick. We're just here to help you fix cars, uh, which is what I do during the week. I had a um, I want to tell you this story real quick. I had an o3 Toyota Camry this week. That came in, and the, uh, the, the, the customer's complaint was that the blower motor sounded funny. Well, when I took the blower motor apart, you know, a blower motor, the wheel is probably four inches deep. It was packed four inches deep with acorns and and debris and grass. and You know, a mouse had gotten in there and made a nest, and it it, it overloaded the cabin filter, packed the blower motor with all these acorns and debris and all this other nonsense, put so much weight on the recirculating door, it actually broke it. It actually broke the hinges on the recirculating door. Thank God for JB Weld, right? JBWeld.com. Got out my JB Weld uh, epoxy and my JB Weld. Um, they, have, they make like a, um, uh, a a type of resin that will actually strengthen and uh, fill gaps. And I actually made a blend door hinge out of JB Weld. Put the car together and it's fixed. Done down the road. So uh, it's amazing what critters can do. Till the next time, I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.